0: Hello and welcome to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. If you haven't been to my website yet, I don't know why you haven't, but do head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk, pick up all of the freebies that I've got going on over there and take a look at my programs and the services that I offer. So make sure that you are doing that. There is so much goodness over there. So today, let's get onto that. I am very, very, very excited to welcome Danielle Bell, Hungry Mummy, onto the podcast. Yes. Hi, Danielle.
1: <laughs> Hi, Natasha. I love your chirpiness. That's infectious, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, thank you. That absolutely is. No, thank you for having me. I had I, I said to you just previously, look, um, for, I've been really looking forward to this. Um, I know that we had scheduled previously and life got in the way. Um, but yeah, massive thank you. Very excited to be here. So thank you so much for that.
0: Pleasure.
1: You've just moved house. That's what's happened, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So so as if the global pandemic wasn't enough um, for all our stress levels, I decided to, to to move house. So we'd actually agreed to say prior to coronavirus, um, due to move out on the day that lockdown kicked in. So that put a bit of a spanner in the works. Um, fast forward on four months, we are now um, in our, well, in our new home, but I am greyer um, I am older looking, and um, I've def I've consumed more alcohol than I should have. Um, but- That's the same <laughs> for everybody good.
0: during lockdown. Seriously, I'd got to a yeah. point
1: where it's like. Uh... okay stop going and buying as much wine (laughs) I know but when when the the trousers don't fit anymore you're like oh okay maybe I should maybe I should stop
0: (laughs) no (laughs) okay let me give it let me tell everybody a little bit about you if you haven't heard of Danielle before then you need to go and check her out on um, Instagram. I'll put the link below. Danielle is a professional property investor, property sourcing specialist, entrepreneur, co-host of Progressive Property Network Belfast and founder of Property Sourcing Made Simple. And today, (laughs) we are going to have a conversation about how to find the right property. But first, how did you get started in property investment?
1: Um, good question, Natasha. And so I'm going to give you the shortened version. Um, a property has always been in my family's blood um, from I was little. Um, but the crash of 2008 was not kind to my family by any stretch of the imagination. So um, my, my parents lost um, the entire portfolio that they had built from scratch, bar bar our family home. So that sent massive shockwaves through our family for a long, long time. And if I'm honest, it's, it's still a very sore point today. Um, so i had always wanted the security of property, but I needed the education around it, which they did not have. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I believe that perhaps if they had the education with the property, things may not have been quite so dire. Um, fast forward on again, um, I kind of did the university, fell into financial analysis, worked for the New York Stock Exchange, but always had this burning desire for property. I think it was the physicality of the owning these mm-hmm. properties, you know, of of driving down streets and saying, "Well, that's mine, and that's mine, and that's mine," you know, I I kind of was learning by that buzz, and I wanted a bit of, to leave a legacy, um, that I knew my parents had worked so hard to try and leave, and and, and it completely wiped out. So, um, my husband and I had said, "Look, let's try and start the buy to let route." We gathered mm-hmm. together a deposit, but what we were not planning for was having to do multiple rounds of IVF to conceive our son. So. If anybody knows, they will know that IVF is exceptionally expensive. It is not a cheap um process. So the the money that we had set aside for our buy to let was completely wiped out. Mm-hmm. Um it's okay because I've now got a beautiful three and a half year old son. That's fine. Um he was bloody expensive, but you know, that's okay. He's here. Yes. Um uh, yeah, he is. So I had to look at getting into property without the capital. Mm-hmm. um so i educated myself on sourcing and trading um and i guess the rest is history because the last two and a half years i have just put my head down um and focused on my end goal um and i i say that i'm going to build an empire and i i really do mean it people laugh at me when i say that um but that just makes me more hungry if i'm honest mm-hmm. um so that that's in a nutshell, Natasha. That's how I got into property. Um, no money, no knowledge, no context, no context. So just educated myself on a strategy that could afford me further down the line, um, the ability to build and scale. And that's what it's done. So let's talk about that strategy. What strategy yeah. have you used so far? What's oh, okay? So I have just been. I I started off sourcing buy to lets. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was doing: sourcing buy to lets for investors. Um, As I progressed on that journey, and it did happen quite quickly, um, I found myself um, building relationships with these investors who happened to be high net worth investors. And, you know, I had been hearing and reading that, you know, you can JV and you can raise angel finance and you can use other people's money and no money down. And up until that point, I believed it to be hocus pocus. And as anybody would, without the education, you know, you're ignorant to it. Um, So when I eventually picked up the courage to try and raise finance that's when things turned around on their head for me massively Mm -hmm. um and i have i'm now the investor as opposed to the sourcer and i like i like that Mm -hmm. um but i am very very adamant that every property investor should have sourcing and trading properties in their toolkit at all times Mm -hmm. um you know there will come a day when you when you cannot you can't take every deal, Natasha. You just can't. You know, every deal that comes in front of you just can't take every deal. But you shouldn't leave it on the table either. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I feel that the property trading expertise and the property sourcing ability certainly comes in as a very handy tool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a cash flow generator, so it's a cash injection, um, and and uh, that's vitally important to have as well. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely get it. We all. Uh yeah, for most people, I'm gonna say this because I don't think a lot of people do say this honestly enough. Property invest investors on the most for the most part, before they go into their retirement, where whatever that looks like everybody's got yeah. their property investments, but they've also got something else going on on the side where they're also getting that cash injection from. 100%.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that That is, you know, that's actually a breath of fresh air. And I'll tell you why. I don't buy into the get-rich-quick schemes. And I think they are too heavily promoted there. Um, I know you're spending some of your time in, in, in the US, but you are very on point with the UK market. And you will know that the large training organisations are promoting... You know, millionaire status in a three-day course. Um, that's just not reality. That's not life. And if your capital's tied up in a bloody property, you need the cash flow coming in. Um, so having these properties is great and the asset base is fantastic, but it's not spitting out life-changing sums of money today. Um, and that such a breath of fresh air to hear you say that because you're 100% right. People do not speak about this enough and yeah I mean I don't know what you your alternative strategies are but for me um aside of the investing um sourcing and trading is absolutely in my toolbox mm-hmm. absolutely in my toolbox mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah I completely get it I was telling someone yesterday um I said the largest property portfolio I ever worked for yeah was 500 million pounds worth of property it took wow. 500 years to build <laughs> like, that's not. That is a, that that is a family estate that you, went yeah. up sometime in yeah. the mid 1500s and they've always owned the land and they've just every time it's been knocked down they've rebuilt on top of it and now they rebuilt yeah so okay they
1: they can live off that yeah. like- <laughs> 500 years i completely i mean i i speak to people you're so right i mean you're so on point with this i i speak to people and you know they ask of you what have you got and what are you doing and okay and you're like oh you know right okay does it take that long and I'm like what really you know really um but it's refreshing to speak to somebody who appreciates that viewpoint because it's not widely spoken about and it's it's in fact if you said this within property forums you'd probably be blocked <laughs> they would delete I'm really blocked quickly. from a lot of property yeah. forums don't you worry yeah, oh, <laughs> I've really, already been in there really? and that's happened <laughs> That yeah, that I I've been temporarily blocked and then let back in again and I, I, I'm still rattling a few cages even as we speak. But do you know what? What I'd say to that, Natasha, is if you're blocked, they've noticed you. And if if the if you're starting to get some sort of hate or, you know, unsavoury comments, you've rattled cages for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. In fact if you don't have haters, you're not big enough. Um, <laughs> so I that's true if you if there's nobody hating on you then you're not doing enough um so yeah onwards and upwards for sure should
0: we talk about finding properties some of the please there's okay so there's two big things which I know that people get stuck on finding money and finding properties so yeah let's talk finding properties today let's talk about how do you find the right property for you what is the process
1: Okay, so I mean, using my investment strategy, and my investment strategy is not sexy. It's not attractive. It's buy to let. Okay, Mm -hmm. so, however, what I would say is never have I been more thankful for a non sexy strategy than in the middle of a pandemic because, you know, I I buy two up, two down, mid terraced Victorian properties. That's my thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, they work all day long. Yeah, they do and um, so I was happy with that strategy but a lot of people say to me oh would you not like HMO or would you not you know and this works for me mm-hmm. okay I have I have rent to rent HMOs but I in terms of buying my assets or, or buy to let Um, the way that I find my properties uh, Natasha has always been via building massive relationships with one or two agents in my area mm-hmm. so I made that my absolute priority when I started in sourcing because you have to recognize your skill sets and your strengths. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have the knowledge for the property, although I was putting that in the background through through my education. But what I did have was um, an ability to converse with people and to do it confidently. So I made that my strongest selling point and quite literally knocked on the doors of estate agents and just sort of stalked them. Um, don't want to say that too much. I don't want to get arrested, but I, I guess I did stalk one or two agents in my local area and um, told them what it is that I was looking to do. I was met with laughter from some, but I was also met with faith from two. Mm-hmm. And that's all it took. That's all it took was a little bit of understanding and a little bit of faith. Um, and from that point onwards, and this probably sounds too good to be true, but honestly, from that point onwards, nurturing that relationship with these two agents has built my portfolio mm-hmm. and has built the portfolio of the investors that I was working with in the early days. So always kind of being that first refusal call has helped me massively. So what do, how do I find my properties? Well, I guess I cheat and they find them for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, I'm not being arrogant about that, but they know now what I want. They know what I need and if they get it on their books I'll always get that call and you know I think that's if you're going to be a serious property investor and if you you know certainly looking at property sourcing as a serious strategy that's that's how you have to position yourself Hmm. Hmm. And so you've given them a set then
0: of criteria that they need to send you. Is that right? You're not going to get everything that's on their books.
1: No, 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 no. They know that it has to, you know, be a certain gross shield You know, I'm, I'm sort of working with 10% or more gross yield. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my, that's my minimum. Um, you know, they know that I have to be getting a minimum cash flow of at least 300 pounds a month after all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, in terms of the, the purchase price, they know what I'm looking for. When I give them the bare bones. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, if it doesn't tick what I need minimum, it's on to the next, but I always, always get the calls on those properties that meet that criteria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is a bit of a cop out to be fair, because, <laughs> but, 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 um, listen, you earn your stripes in your early days trading and sourcing. Okay. So you, you are putting in that time and that effort, that sweat effort, but you know, when, when you get to a certain stage in your journey, I, I guess you do have the benefit of outsourcing and, and I have definitely outsourced that. Oh, should we
0: tell me about your sweat effort? Because everybody only see, any, everybody only thinks they see this perfect thing on social media from all of us. Yeah. How many
1: hours are we putting in a day? Well, this is, the th- I was going to swear there, but I won't. Um, <laughs> look, <laughs> I'm not going to swear on your podcast, but... This is another thing, and I, I I tell people that I work with privately, you know, nobody tells you about their shit days on Facebook. Nobody tells you about their shit days on Instagram. It's all, you know, fancy restaurants, and I'm drinking my champagne, and look, I'm on holiday again, and that's great. And that's certainly the things that property can buy you with financial freedom. That's fab if that's what you want, if that's what floats your boat. great. But you don't see the 15, 16, 17, 18 hour days. You know, you don't see the 5 a.m. starts. And I'm a big fan of the 5 a.m. club. So um, I do swear by that. But, you know, they don't see you at the laptop at 10 o'clock at night, you know, you know, analyzing the deals, replying to investor emails, sorting out builder quotes. You know, They don't see that. They see you boarding the plane to go on your next holiday or they see you in a nice restaurant with your husband or your wife or, you know, that's what they see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Hustle. God damn, is there hustle involved in this. I mean, it's just, you don't, but then again, I and I think you'll agree, you don't make any apologies for that. Um You know, it's not, people think that being your own boss or being an entrepreneur is, is, um, is fancy. It's, it's alluring. Yeah. It's got a lovely title, but it's, it, there's pressure. You know, there's a lot of pressure. Um, you know, you pay the bills at the end of every month. You know, you are responsible for that paycheck that is supposed to come in. Um, while I don't miss corporate world, um, certainly the security of a well-paid paycheck at the end of every month can, you know, give you that bit of a security blanket. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change it for the world, but the sweat and this again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock on the large training company's doors again and say that they do not tell you that the sweat, sweat effort that's involved. Um, they don't tell you of the, the hustle and the grind that you must put in and the persistence that you must continuously come up with every single day. And it's, and it's every day. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, you, you meet newbies to the world of property and you know they've done five viewings and they throw the towel in because they didn't get the deal. And I, I'm thinking, really you know, try 25, 30 views, then come back to me, you know, then, then, then let me know how you're feeling. Um, so yeah, hustle, sweat effort. It's absolutely essential. And if you don't have a work ethic in place, don't even bother.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Cutthroat, cutthroat.
0: (laughs) I agree. And it it can be, um, you can get that effort, but you have to realize that it takes time and time and yep. time and all everybody who you think is successful spends a huge amount of their time like I don't know about you but for me I feel like my success like goes like this occasionally it goes like this but I've not realized then it plateaus
1: again I'm like oh yeah here we are yeah absolutely but I think it's because you're so deep in the trenches of what you're doing that mm-hmm. sometimes it passes you by and I, I would be prone to burnout um, and that's definitely something I've had to really take stock of and, and sort of reassess from my own perspective, you know, scheduling commitments and um, you know, even with, with mentees and I'm sure you you mentor as well, Natasha, so you'll you'll know that I setting boundaries um very early is really important. Um otherwise it, it, it opens a whole can of worms but you can can consume you can can become consumed in just that one element um of your of your business and everything else is just passing you by so i it's very important to schedule in you time family time husband time whatever that might be um because this this is great and and the benefits of, of property is lovely and you know there's a buzz to, to business but without the reminder of the things that you're actually doing it for and um, it can become a little bit mundane mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah
0: I agree with for you for sure
1: I agree yeah. with you the scheduling thing my
0: gosh like I was just saying like the last two weeks I've been on yeah. back-to-back calls like that's it start at nine finish six seven o'clock and even last night um I'm going through leasehold tribunal on a property which I thought we weren't going to go through we now are back at it I was on mm-hmm. a two and a half hour call to end my night last oh. night trying to get together all of the documents. It never stops. Even when you're a property owner and you're like, Yeah, I've got that property, you still gotta look after the damn thing. <laughs>
1: exactly. But this is the this this is the non-sexy part of property. And this is the non-sexy part that nobody speaks to you about. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's very refreshing to have a conversation, A, with someone who's as saying it as it is, but B or two, um, with, with a woman. Um and I don't know your experiences, but I, I I, look, I know that you're spending half your time um, in two different countries, but you'll not be oblivious to the fact that within the UK and I'm based in Ireland, property is still very much in man's world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's refreshing to have these conversations with, with women who are hungry and ambitious because you know, certainly in the property forums and in the property networking events. And I can say that as a host of a networking event, look, every time that we show up every month, you know, it's it's 85 percent men. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. And I'm not a man hater by any stretch of the imagination. Absolutely not. But I would like to see and encourage more females get involved. And we are starting to see that now mm-hmm. slowly, but surely. Um But yeah, these conversations to have with a woman are absolutely, you know, it it certainly puts a smile on my face because I don't feel quite so alone or alienated in it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We are over here in the (laughs) the trenches.
0: And I am speaking to more and more women. I see there's like two different kind of sides of it. Sometimes you see people who are trying to walk all over other people to, to get to like some sort of prestige I'm, which i i completely stay away from like that for me is a complete like no you you do you over where you're doing it i'm not gonna even yeah enter into that and then you see the people who just want to like rally around and help one another
1: yeah absolutely uh, and to be part of the latter is exactly where you want to be um fame is just not fame like really i don't give a shit about that excuse my friends i just i know what i want to do um if if i become a name that people will find synonymous with property or property sourcing great Mm -hmm. that's fab um I would rather have the the backing of 10 really good people behind me um, and the support than than you know the the cheers of you know thousands in a room absolutely every day
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm the same I think it's I use social media to build my surveying firm but I don't go away from that and the like I only got four likes.
1: Yeah, you you won't you won't lose any sleep over that. Look, if if you did, and there are people who do this, social media will ruin you. It will ru- Like people stay up at night looking. Oh, have I got a like? Who said what? Oh, they didn't like my picture. Really? Like, I, I, it's not for me. However, however, it is essential mm-hmm. in property. It's essential. Um. So it's 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 getting that sort of equilibrium and that equal balance of, of how to use it and knowing when to step back and having a level head on your shoulders to say oh well they didn't like my picture that's fine um but i can hands down say that social media has been i'd say 98 percent responsible for my success to date
0: mine too mine too I do agree yes no it's a fabulous it's a fabulous platform we've just got to not worry about it so much because the other thing is people will still see what you're doing regardless of whether they like it or not so I just have to put that out there
1: (laughs) the reach is still the same yes exactly
0: so what do you think the biggest thing is then that's holding
1: investors back from
0: buying the right property
1: buying the right property right now, I I think it's just the complete uncertainty that we're in Mm -hmm. in the the world. I mean, nobody really has a crystal ball to say, look, this is what we suspect is going to happen. This is definitely going to happen. I think the signs and the indicators are certainly there that, look, we are heading into a recession. Property prices are going to take a dip. But for the most part, what I find with novice investors is that the deal is never really good enough. You know, and when I say it's never really good enough, what I mean is they act based on emotion. And not numbers. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely killer to your property business. I, I've been there. Look, I'm not I didn't I didn't get it right from the start. I I offered on emotion. I bought on emotion and it bit me in the ass on both occasions. Um, you know, so that certainly from a novice property investors perspective, um, what holds them back is is the emotion. Um from the more sort of from the more acquainted property in, Professor inspect perspective, it I think at the moment it's just the uncertainty because mm-hmm. we're listening to conflicting reports and I don't I don't know what's been said in the US, but it's certainly here in the UK, we are being hit every day with recession, recession, recession. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So, you know, we didn't have the foresight, remember, in two thousand and eight, um, to to double down. We didn't really see that coming. I mean, Lehman's brothers collapsed and what, I think that was was it September the 11th, 2008, or September the 9th, maybe 2008? September 2008 anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, it did. But we didn't have that foresight then. Um, and so now a lot of people are fearful because the media is putting it out there. Look, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Um, and so people are fearful because 2008, although it was, what, 12 years ago, it's still pretty fresh in people's minds. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's fresh in my mind because my family reeled for years of the aftershocks of 2008. Um So what's putting people off? Fear, Mm scaremongering to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Um, But hey, it is what it is. Um, At this moment in time, am I actively purchasing? I don't know. Again, I can't speak for you. But what I do find is that in my investment area right now, because of the pent-up demand that gathered during lockdown, I've now got really novice investors who are outbidding me on properties um, that previously I would have paid much less for due to the current condition or location. Mm-hmm. Um, so am I rushing into buying right now? No. But if the right deal comes my way and it's you know it's bulletproof to a certain extent with the recession in place, I'll do it based on the fact, but certainly not based on emotion. Mm-hmm. So that's what I believe is holding most people back at the moment. Mm-hmm. Just spending a little bit of extra
0: time researching. That's, yeah. That is something that you cannot skip your due diligence is you'd be surprised though <laughs> I oh yeah, I yeah I've seen it I've seen it yeah. and I think oh like you didn't need to buy that you could have put your money somewhere better somewhere else but again yeah. like with property I also do believe that there are a means and a ways out of things because it's because you can change it there are things yeah. that you can do i'm not going to say that it's going to make you millions or it's going to make you tens of thousands but it, i never think it's a lost cause so the lucky thing is yeah. is you can get out of it you might not come out yeah. of it unscathed but you can get out of it
1: absolutely but also if you're buying as most people are if you're buying with the mindset of you know that set and forget so buy and die type mentality. When, when okay, what I mean by that is well, I, can, I can see the, the no, I, I, face. But if you know what if you're buying to hold long term, it doesn't really matter if you're getting into the recess, you know, because you will you will those cycles will even themselves out mm-hmm. over time. You know, and so that again, benefit of education. Um we know that. And we we can't expect people who have not educated themselves to know that and that's why they come to people like ourselves you know for that knowledge and expertise um but absolutely if you're buying if you're an investment it has to be with the the long game in mind that is where I feel a lot of people new to property fall short because they're looking for the quick win and there there bloody is no quick win it's it doesn't exist um so yeah what what holds people back fear emotion and looking for the quick win
0: Hmm. Hmm. I agree with that <laughs> good
1: thank god somebody else is on my page <laughs> I
0: completely agree the only the only time that I have managed to do quick wins and when I say quick wins I mean two year wins this is not quick yeah, so it's not quick
1: <laughs> it's not quick
0: it's by you know you have to renegotiate on what you've got when you buy it but that's not something that just happens with no that's something that I actively go out and look for, and those deals come along
1: once, oh, a, please. once every 12 months. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I, I've done four, I'd say four really deals that I couldn't walk away from in two and a half years. And I, I'm going to put a term out there and I want to know your thoughts on it below market value. Hint right. It. BMV. Oh, praise Jesus. Right. So, honestly, Thank God. I feel like we were supposed to have this conversation, Tasha, if I'm really, really honest. Um, that you're There's just too much synergy in terms of our thought process. I actually did a webinar not too long ago on my loathing, absolute loathing for BMV. The response that I had off the back of that webinar with people like practically in tears saying, thank you, because they have been told up until this point that the only way that a, a, a property can be... Bought, purchased. The only way an investor will look at it if it's twenty five percent below market value, twenty percent below market value. That's an absolute load of shit, you know. And for so long in my journey, for it's about six months before I really educated myself. I was lured into believing that that was the only way I was going to succeed in property. And it's simply not the way. But again, it is heavily promoted in the forums. It is heavily discussed in the in the training companies. It, it's BMV or it's nothing, and that's not the case. Also, as you have just said, those deals come along maybe every twelve months. So you're right. In in two and a half years, I got four of those deals in two and a half years, and I thought I thought like I had had Christmas. Like this was yes. You know, but but early traders and sourcers and deal packagers seem to be of the opinion that they can just hit the streets, knock on a few doors and secure a 25% BMVD. It's ludicrous. But trust me, they believe it. So, I, <laughs> the podcast before this
0: one is yeah. with the uh, global... Director of valuations for the RICS. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. This and will I, be interesting. I wanted to get him on to be like, tell me about this market value. Do you know what below market value is? And he just chuckles to himself. <laughs> He's like, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't put that in the red book because it doesn't yeah. exist. You it, might yeah. be a special purchaser, in which case you've got it for, spe- for as a special purchaser. You've got it at special value. That's never going
1: to be market value, right? No, BMV is a load of rubbish. Praise the Lord. And the fact is, and and, and I am definitely going to go back and listen to that episode because mm. I referenced that. So, Rick's on value in a property okay, allow for a 20% error of margin. So on the property, they allow for a 20% error, right? Now, also what people fail to understand is that when you buy a property in a street, you now set that new market value. Mm-hmm. So how can it be below market value if you've set the market value? You know, they, they just don't get it. I'm not into it. Can you secure properties at a discount? Yes. yes. Yes, you can buy property at discount for a number of factors. Okay. But that takes it
0: outside of market value because yeah, within yeah. market value, you it's two people trading property without compulsion, but you yeah. get the
1: discount because they are compelled to sell at that price. That's not market it's, value. It's a total anomaly. It really, it really absolutely is. Um I I do not base my business on it. I did not source based on it until I educated myself. I did try to, I won't lie, I did try to at the start because I thought that's what I had to do. I thought I was failing if I could not secure these properties. Um, I was going in and offering you know, 20 and 25% below really good properties and I was being laughed out of estate agents, but I, I thought that's what I had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so now to say I have a loathing of the term would be the mildest understatement, this is- but it's it's not. doesn't doesn't mean
0: anything doesn't mean anything
1: um no uh, and and when i
0: see it on social media like fine it's it's meaningless well done you negotiated on a property
1: yeah exactly you did what you were
0: supposed to do like we all have to do (laughs) you know like anybody who thinks that they get on right move they see a property and they're like oh bmv property
1: doesn't exist does not exist anywhere god (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I I will go I will go to my grave happy because um somebody else shares this viewpoint I am so happy at that good I'm glad yeah so
0: there we go so let's so what do what do you say that people should do in, instead
1: what are you like advocating for um, actually what I advocate for is you know there are obviously as we've touched on genuine reasons why you can secure a discount on the mm-hmm. property generally speaking I tell people to focus on the end Repair, sorry, the end value. Okay, mm-hmm. so the after repair value, you know, what value can you add work back from that? So that's definitely what I tend to do. That's what I would suggest to the people that I work with. Look, instead of looking for these 25% below market values, go find properties that you can add value to. You know, get the end value. Let's work back from there. Let's take it a system. And that probably sounds quite counterintuitive, Intuitive, but I feel that with property, you should, you know, work from the end back. Um, just to assure that you've got all bases covered. So yes, my focus is definitely on the after repair value. That being said, there are instances where you can secure properties um, at a discount. Okay, and that's maybe where your direct to vendor marketing comes in. Um, I've, as, I've touched on the four properties that I, that I did were direct to vendor, and they were definitely the properties that I secured the biggest discount on. Mm-hmm. But it's because I could offer, um, I could offer certainty at a time when they needed it the most. Okay, mm-hmm. so these these particular properties have been let down by first time buyers, you know, and as is often the case, and will get more severe as we go into the, the next quarter. You know, first time buyer mortgages falling through, or you know, mortgage approvals not passing by, and people needed to sell for a variety of reasons. You know, we we have had separation, we've had immigration, and I've been able to come in and say, listen, I can move pretty quickly. Um. Mm-hmm but this is what I'm working with. This is my budget. This is what, I, what do you need? This is what I need. Can we come to a happy medium? And nine times out of 10, that has worked to my advantage. Um, not BMV, purely offering them certainty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that goes a long way saying what you doing, what you say you would do yeah, goes a long, long way. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's, that's how I tend to focus my strategies.
0: hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. best way to Fair do enough. it. Yeah.
1: No, but it's it's totally, you know, it's it's not rocket science. It's not. It's just doing what you said you would do. Um, it's being pragmatic. And as you say, due diligence is so underrated. <laughs> it's you know, people just don't do it. <laughs> and it's so easy to do.
0: At the start of this year, land registry made all of their data available. Use it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Those are actual sales sales values. Actual sales yeah. values now. Actual sales values. They stopped during COVID. But slowly yeah. but surely, they're they're picking that back up again.
1: Yeah, I know. Use it. yeah Use but, it. <laughs> but that that would almost be too simple, wouldn't it? So you know, it's again. Sometimes the simple what's right under your nose is often the thing that you miss mm-hmm. the most. To be mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, again, the benefit of experience, Natasha. That is, that is actually very true.
0: And yeah you know when you just start out in these things it's incredibly overwhelming you don't want to make a mistake there's huge amounts of money on the line i get it yeah i get yeah. it
1: but don't expect to do things perfectly first time around none of us did but no but um, but you will never do things. like perfect does not exist perfect does not exist you know there's no such thing as the perfect deal yeah there's great deals and there's very good deals and there's maybe not so average deals, but there's there's no such thing as the perfect deal um so i think you just have to rip the plaster off cover all bases do Mm -hmm. your due diligence which so many people fall short on um so that you can have something you can stand over you know so that you can say "I, i i did everything i covered all bases we ran the numbers we ran the numbers again we ran for scenario a b c have more than one exit option which again so many people don't um you know but cover all bases and you can be fairly certain that you know if you do that that something will turn up right for you yeah and
0: having those options you know? and get out is just vital to your success i would never do something that i only had one option with because my gosh like i be
1: so stupid st- stressing <laughs> Uh, uh yeah stress is not good absolutely and again i think the benefit of hindsight we should all look at, at at 2008 and and certainly i know when i invest now and maybe it's because of the personal experience that i i had during that time that i am like i i'm battening down the hatches i'm looking at everything and mm-hmm. you know i get i say don't invest space with emotion and maybe to a certain extent that's contradictory because i guess i do the emotion's always in the back of my head of what happened, you know? I yeah. apparently my, my lost everything. And I, I, I don't want to I don't want to experience that pain again. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of due diligence, my God, I do not miss that one out. I do not miss that one out. Nobody should.
0: No, even if it takes a little bit of time, even if it means that you have to march contractors around to a property that you've not agreed a deal on, so yeah. be it. Oh,
1: yeah. Do it. Do it. Absolutely. So...
0: There are highs and lows in properties. What's been your biggest high and your lowest low?
1: Biggest high has actually probably been able to remove myself from the corporate world that I hated, mm-hmm. um, you know, and become financially free through property. Um, you know, that that's probably all encompassing, but it's definitely been the biggest achievement and it's all been achieved through property. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the corporate job is great. Um, you know, it was... An experience to, to work for the new york stock exchange you know before i did go and work for them i used to f- visit new york quite often and stand outside um the exchange and look at them and be like wow what what an impressive building knew all its history knew everything about it and then to, to work for it was just like a dream come true but as as we began to want a family and i kind of you know i wanted to be based at home i didn't want to be traveling back and forth all the time it became very draining so to be able to set a dream and a goal and realize it in a much quicker time than I had actually anticipated um, was my biggest high. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Lowest, lowest, low. Look, Natasha, the days are filled with stress. Um, Not all the days, but a lot of the days they're filled Mm -hmm. with stress. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's a low, but my biggest regret is that I didn't seek, I didn't have the confidence to seek um, joint venture finance sooner. Mm -hmm. And by by not having that confidence at the start, I definitely let a few perfect deals go by, mm-hmm. um, that, that my name should have been attached to. Um, so I, the, there's always like the one that got away. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think there's probably more than one that got away in that instance, but I look, I, I was new to the game and I wanted, I guess I wanted to have all my ducks in a row and the I's dotted and the T's crossed, you know, so it was a confidence builder for me. and um, mm-hmm. because I was coming from, from a completely non-property background. Um, So, yeah, biggest regret, not low, but biggest regret, not having the confidence to raise angel finance sooner Mm -hmm. because my portfolio would be um, at an an even more exponential growth than where it's at right now. Mm -hmm. But that's okay because I've made up for that since then. Um, In lockdown, I've I've raised a substantial amount of money to to build um, all, all my portfolio. So, I'm okay with that now. But... I do do have the regret of the one that got away, definitely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it happens. It does happen. It does happen. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Final question. (laughs)
0: Sure. How do you see the market changing over the next 12 to 18 months? Are you optimistic
1: or are you thinking... I think that if you are pragmatic in your approach, you can always invest in property. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there are always, always, always deals to be had. There absolutely are. I don't know why that's gone dark. And <laughs> um, there are abso- there absolutely are always deals to be had. Um it's just A, knowing the right people and B looking in the right places. Okay. So there will be opportunity to invest. Okay from an investment pr- perspective and that's that's what we are that's who we do that's fine so from an investment perspective there will be opportunity and um, there will be the ability to solve problems for people who need your help um, as I'm look I'm not scaremongering but I do believe that we are heading for for quite a dip I mm-hmm. do I mm-hmm. genuinely I genuinely believe that Um I don't feel it will feel the full effects of that until um, the first quarter of 2021 um i don't know what the rest of the year will hold but if if the if the market corrections or anything to go by we should be we're in for a rocky ride Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know is now the time to be frivolent with your purchases absolutely not um is it a time to miss out your due diligence absolutely not um but can you still invest absolutely yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. So I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know you know, where we're going to be in, in 12 to 18 months time. But what I do know is whatever the cycle, the opportunity will remain the same. In fact, it's probably going to be greater mm-hmm. at this moment in time. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. Danielle. Good. I'm glad that you agree. <laughs>
0: you are fabulous. <laughs> and can I, for everybody who's listening, if I can give sure. you one takeaway from what you have just heard from Danielle, it's the fact that she's set her goals and what she requires from a property she's built those relationships and she's stuck to it if you guys aren't taking that away then you are going to be overwhelmed you are going to be not looking in the right places please focus at this point because that is what is going to give you the most success so please take that away from what Danielle has just
1: told you (laughs) absolutely um Thank you so much, Natasha. I have to say it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you for the last 45 minutes. And also incredibly, incredibly refreshing. I'm repeating myself, but to speak to someone who has the same viewpoint on a lot of things in property genuinely puts a smile on my face. So thank you.
0: Mm, My pleasure. My pleasure. (laughs) Thank you for coming on. I've really enjoyed this conversation. For those of you who are listening, if you've loved this, please share it. We want to see that you've listened to it and we want to see what your key takeaways are. Thank you for joining us over the last 45 minutes. We appreciate it. And I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon. If you've loved this podcast, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe because that helps other people find this podcast and get all of the goodness out of it too. This podcast has been produced by Brooklyn Podcasting Studio. If you want to find out more, head online to brooklynpodcastingstudio.com.